Welcome to the Nuestro Self podcast. My name is Allison, coming to you from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I am joined by my fellow host, Jonathan. Hey y'all, this is Jonathan coming to you from Beaufort Highway in Georgia. Nancy. Hi y'all, this is Nancy Garcia Villa and I'm coming to you from Dobson, North Carolina. And Karina. Hi everyone, this is Karina Moreno Bueno coming to you from Alamance County in North Carolina. Today we're taking a look at nuestras comunidades and how nuestra gente builds community across the South. We will be chatting about museums in Winston-Salem in the nearby area and how they build community amongst Latines and across generations. One way I have seen our communities in Winston-Salem build a sense of community is through museum visiting. There are many opportunities for engaging in activities for people who are interested, whether it's a museum, art gallery, or another form of capturing history. The Milton Road Center for the Arts, the Southeastern Center for Contemporary Arts, abbreviated as SECA, and the Lynn Museum of Anthropology at Wake Forest are some examples. These museums feature various mediums of art, from photography to paintings. Recently, from January to July of this year, the Lynn Museum of Anthropology had a student-made exhibit on experiences of colonialism in Latin America. Now, it's available for viewing online as a virtual exhibit. There are three main sections of the exhibit, pre-colonial society, Spanish colonization and control, and lasting effects in the post-colonial. Oh, sorry, back in March, my Spanish class took a field trip to the Lamb Museum to see this exhibit. After boarding the Forsyth Tech minivan, we headed over to the campus and had the opportunity to visit it. It was an experience that taught me more about countries in Latin America and gave me more insight into their histories. On the ride back, I started thinking about the different ways people interact with museums and what I had seen in Winston-Salem regarding interaction with Latina history. I reached out to ask a few people about their relationships with museums. Have they ever visited one to learn more about their heritage before? Or maybe if their culture affects the way they interact with museums. One person, in describing their experience, talked about how growing up in a Mexican household affected their perspective on events and galleries organized in their county school building. They said, Since I grew up in a Mexican household, I did find certain things about those events odd because they were from other ethnicities and I wasn't familiar with them. I did really enjoy the fact that I knew what some of the tools and artworks were because then I could explain it to my friends. It gave me more pride in my culture. I also feel a sense of pride when I see my culture reflected in an artist's work or other creation at a museum, even more so when they delve into the meaning behind their drawing. While museums can be enjoyable experiences for those attending, many barriers still exist that block people from being able to make these connections. The same, the same student who gave the quote described one of their more negative memories of going to a museum. They felt like they were an outcast because they were the only brown person in the group of people visiting the exhibits, and they received many looks that kind of questioned their place there. Another person approaches museums from a different perspective. Although they too appreciate artworks that represent their Mexican heritage, they also focused on describing the therapeutic moment of viewing a series by Diego Moreno in the Mint Museum, located in Charlotte, a city around an hour and a half away from Winston-Salem. They said that the feeling of not being accepted as a member of the LGBTQ community in a religious home is a struggle that many Hispanic children experience, and it is depicted in his series, Malign Influences. His art actively challenges rejection rather than caving into it. People from all backgrounds can experience meaningful emotions through art, and by taking the time to go to a nearby museum and appreciate the meaning behind them, we can understand our heritage through different lenses. However, this person has also mentioned their perspective on the place they've observed museums to be recently occupying. Describing people who attend museums impose in front of the pieces of art that depict social, economic, or other issues within certain communities, without making an effort to respect the piece, the artist, and the museum. 
thank you guys for listening. And I kind of wanted to go into a discussion question I had, if any of you had some thoughts about it. So depending on the location and awareness of maybe certain places that offer these kinds of programs, museums are not readily available for people to visit. What's your experiences? What are your experiences with museums in your K through 12 or undergrad undergraduate education? Have any factors encouraged you to visit one versus to not visit one? And has it maybe felt you has it maybe helped you to feel more tied to your community and upbringing in any way? I mean, I feel like for a lot of us, going to museums wasn't really like a norm. It wasn't something that was common in a lot of our families. Like, you know, what is, what even is a museum? You know, like for a lot of our parents, you know, who didn't really grow up with institutions like that, where they're from. Um, but I mean, I was a little nerd growing up, so like, you know, I always wanted to go to museums. We were just too broke to go to museums, and we didn't know where you would even find a museum, right? Um, and you know, school field trips, I think, were where I kind of became exposed to what museums were growing up. And I really enjoyed it, you know, being a little nerd that I was, I really enjoyed going to find these places where you could learn about history and culture and all these things. Um, and these, you know, places that brought it all together and got you and got you out of school really to to go learn in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a very similar experience to growing up in a rural town where the closest museum was probably like an hour away in Greensboro. Um, and when I was younger, I, I mean, I was excited to begin with just to get out of school and to be able to go on a field trip somewhere else. But I think being in a museum was definitely exciting for me as a little kid. Um, and even if like I wasn't really reading what the artifact artifacts were about or even where they were from, because I was still even learning how to read English. I think it was truly fascinating to see history before your eyes. And I think that's one of the most fascinating things to me. But there was also this sense of longing to see my history in these museums, too, definitely. Y'all, I love museums. Ever since I was a little kid, y'all, just like, I am so happy to be among other um, museum lovers. That's all I've got to say. Me encantan. I usually, since I was little, uh, but I... Yes, since I was little, yes, I've loved going to museums. However, I also relate to Jonathan in the sense that it's like, yo, we were kind of too broke at the time when I was like a little kid, you know, to kind of go to museums. And the again, the only outlet that I really had to go like see this was through was usually through um, K through self education. It's like, oh, field trip. But even then, sometimes too expensive because we were really far away. Because here in Alamance County, I mean, it's not. I don't live in the rural part of Allen's County. Side note, I live in Burlington, which is the main city. So um, there there are smaller museums in this area. However, the ones that we were taken to usually were like more um, Eurocentric and really focusing on colonialism. And it's like, oh, this is how um, people colonize this place and how that connects to the um, North Carolina Railroad and whatnot. So we are a railroad town city or that's the way it started. Anyway. I'll say because um, even though it's not, and I don't live in a rural area, um, we still had to travel to like Raleigh, which is farther away, you know, um, and incurs a lot of costs on like kids for their field trips. But I usually was that person pushing my family to go to museums whenever we went to go visit anywhere in North Carolina. But again, like, you know, it did suck. I relate to what everyone else, uh, what all of you have really been saying in that, like, I never really saw myself reflected in any of this and have always really wondered, like, how does one even go about putting in um, specific, like, items relating to, like, our people, right, um, in the South? Um, 
when it's just so difficult to do so when a lot of these museums are one glorifying colonialism or still glorifying the confederacy um statues um there's one in like a little museum area in a specific downtown in my county and it's it sucks but that's where we all go to see right in elementary school all these people that suppress us instead of actually seeing the beautiful things that um our people have really paved for us in the south with it being like a more recent um established immigrant destination for um other latinas but yeah i i really wish we had it more whenever i think back to like seeing other like for example i've i've been to like several other like chicano museums in other parts of the US. I'm just like, wow, that's so cool. I wish we had that, but we don't. But, you know, let's work together all of us as a community to see how we can potentially put that up. So that w- that way all the other little kids that are also nerds like some of us can then go to museums and see themselves, you know? You know, representation is very important and I just hope that they can they too can see it one day. Thank you all for sharing. So that leads me into my next question. I was wondering, museums host a number of artifacts and stories, and often some of these materials are stolen without regard for consent for the communities they come from. I recently had an experience at a museum where their collections manager emphasized to me the significance of maintaining a record of each artifact they house. There has to be proof of consent from the donator, for example. Have, do any of you have experiences with museums or sites of history in general regarding considerate housing of objects or information? Um, a bit. So, um, although a lot of my museum experience did, you know, well, more the sad part of the experience of not being able to go or not seeing myself right with representation, uh, did come from K through 12. Um, however, when I was an undergrad, I actually, um, worked alongside some amazing professors who were new, um, Latina professors at Duke and also a on I also worked closely with a bunch of other like amazing Latina students at Duke where we had to work with each other to figure out how to get artifacts or I guess like artifacts, right? Quote unquote artifacts of our um, Latina history at Duke because we put on this exhibit. Um, Took a lot of work with a bunch of other people. And it was interesting to see how what the process looks like for like asking for consent and figuring out who to even ask or figure out where things are coming from and then also just ensuring that one these items are not going to be harmed or destroyed in any way because you know they're special they're part of our history um and also making sure it gets back to them in time because you know these people want their stuff back um but it definitely there was a lot of conversation as to like how in the past in other like um museum exhibits or just exhibits in general with like you know during our history, people just don't get their items back. And, you know, it's just something to really keep in mind, which, you know, what we're discussing now. And so we had to like, um, fill like consent forms and a bunch of other things to make sure, you know, that things were going to be taken care of, especially when the people who are um, physically like in the library, putting the exhibit together, aren't necessarily tied to our community. And so they just have to like we just have, people just have to be more explicit as to like, hey, you know, really be careful, you know, lots of meaning, even though they might not get it. Yeah, this question definitely hits hits in a really um, interesting place for me because, I mean, so I, you know, I'm a historian in training or whatever. And like, I've taken classes in museum studies, museum education, and, you know, I'm a museum nerd, right? 
And I've definitely, I have, I have beef with, you know, anthropologists and archaeologists and I have beef with imperialists, you know, like the British and the American empire and the ways that they, you know, I think that museums can be really beautiful places to keep memory and history alive and accessible to people if museums do it right. Or they can just be trophy cases of colonialism, right? To show like the, the conquests of empires and, and settlers and the people to show off, you know, the, 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 what they call artifacts of the people that they conquered and the people that they truthfully like almost killed off in genocide and displaced, um, or enslaved, et cetera. Right. Um, and it's interesting how memory works in museums. I remember walking through, um, a World War II museum in, uh, New Orleans, like last year. And, you know, I was walking around uh, the World War II Museum where they had all the uniforms and all the histories of how horrible World War II was for Americans and, you know, showing different sides of the of World War II from the Japanese perspective, the Nazi German perspective and the American perspective. And, you know, white folks were crying over like, you know, like their, 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 their history, what was their history, right? And how the U.S. was bombed at Pearl Harbor and how it was so hard for Americans and you know, I was, you know, walking around, all these white folks were grieving, a lot of their um, family members who were veterans or, you know, wheelchairing their elders who were veterans of World War II. And the entire, you know, and that's understandable. And then, you know, I was thinking like, in my head, like, as I saw these folks grieving, like, do you have any sense of how your government bombed my family's country in the 80s in El Salvador? Like, what's your memory of how your country and probably your elders and your um, fallecidos have destroyed other people's countries. Where's that memory? Where's that history? And how do you grieve in the same way, right? And so it's really interesting how museums can create a certain narrative, can evoke emotions around certain events and tell a, a, tell a, a, per a people's history in a way that fits a certain agenda and erases other people's stories in the process. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I've seen like, uh, really amazing, beautiful uh, exhibits. Like once I saw like this Maya history and culture exhibit that came to uh, the Fernmake Museum in, in Atlanta and the Atlanta History Center hosted um, a Latino, uh, a museum exhibit about the Latino South that came from, I think, the Carolinas. So this might be the um, exhibit you probably supported, um, Karina, uh, possibly if it was about Latino Southerners, but it was beautiful to bring kids to this exhibit and to show them, hey, y'all, like, this is our history as Latino Southerners. This is like, you are a part of this history, right? Like walk around, like experience these historic moments and remember where you were, where your family was when this was happening around us, right? Um, and so, you know, museums can be really powerful for good or for bad. And I think that we have to be critical about what museums can do and what stories they tell. And we should, but we should also make it accessible so that all people can, experience the ways that museums create memory and distort memory right yeah touching on that i feel like museums have such a powerful role in choosing what history they want to keep alive and i feel like some museums even sometimes take this passive stance of what history they choose but also ignoring how they even got these artifacts like, let's recognize that these were stolen. They weren't borrowed. They weren't taken for a bit of time. They were stolen. And on that same note of if you 
only choose to keep some artifacts, some parts of history alive by showcasing them in these museums, the ones that aren't can be lost and forgotten over time. The same way that it's happened from these countries, these lands that these pieces were stolen from. You take pieces of their culture away, you are stealing culture from these places. And I think museums need to take accountability for their past actions, even if, you know, it was they aren't the directors of the museums themselves that did that. But recognizing the history of these museums themselves is a very powerful conversation that needs to be uh, had. Touching back on how organizations or just really any like stakeholders in our communities, right, like have so much power and what they choose to display, right, in different historic sites. So like, for example, here in Alamance County, oof, there's been lots of debate over this specific, um, there's, there's been a lot of debate over um, the removal of a Confederate monument in downtown Graham, which is one of the smaller cities in the county. So there's a Confederate monument um, placed in front of As I was saying, there is a um, Confederate monument in downtown Graham, and there's been a lot of debate over the years, inc- especially during the summer of 2020, where there were, side note, y'all are going to hear my baby Luna in the background, you know, she's over here barking, defending the house with her little chihuahua four-pound self, but uh, let's see if she really defends. Anyway, thank you for your patience, everyone. As I was saying, um, especially during the summer of 2020, there were a lot of protests in front of this um, monument, and it got to the point to where our local sheriff, who is very notorious in the state, um, Sheriff Terry Johnson, very notorious in the state for being really racist and really implementing a lot of um, um, uh, racist and xenophobic um, policies. Um, it got to the point to where his department was like arresting folks for pro- for protesting in front of um, the monument, asking for the removal, and also um, got to the point to where people were being banned and were re- were required to have permits to protest in front of this monument. Interesting how people claim that it's such an important part of like history in Alamance County, and how we need to respect the Confederate soldiers that fought for us and blah 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 blah. Right, but. Yeah, you know, just going back to, like, how people have the power to do these things and take them down and they don't. They choose to display things that instead oppress us. Thank you all for sharing. I agree with Karina. I think from what I've seen with museums having the power a lot of the time, like you said, Jonathan and Nancy, to pick and choose, it can get kind of difficult because when you approach a perspective and you see you have to also consider who's telling it and what exactly they're trying to convey through it if they're trying to represent us or if they're trying to represent something that maybe goes against us or an alternate path an alternate kind of perspective where they're trying to focus more on like pain or on our on colonialism versus the 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 beauty and vibrancy of the cultures that existed before it This is for us, y'all, and we control the narrative. If you connected with our stories, make sure to like, share, and subscribe.